As one of the greatest poets of our generation once said, they wrote me off. I didn't write back, though. Geno Smith cooks in Russell Wilson's return to Seattle. We got that and much more for you on this episode of Locked On NFL. You are Locked On NFL. Your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What is going on, NFL fans, and welcome into another episode of Locked On NFL, your daily podcast, bringing you all of the biggest stories around the National Football League in less than 30 minutes. It is Tuesday, so you have your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter, Luke Braun at Luke Braun NFL on Twitter. Don't forget that uh, we are free and available on all podcast apps and on YouTube as well. And we thank you very much for making Locked On NFL your first listen of the day. Today's episode of Locked On NFL is brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. It's daily fantasy made, well, the way that it should be. It's pretty simple. You pick two to five players, whether or not they're going to come in at more or less than their prize picks projections, and then you could win up to 10 times your entry uh, by by participating in prize picks. And you can get a 100% deposit match of up to $100 by using promo code locked on at prize picks. Luke, it is finally the end of week one. We finally cleared all of it, and did we have a banger on Monday Night Football. The long-awaited return of Russell Wilson comes up short in Seattle. This was a game that, I'm not going to lie, kind of felt cursed from the first snap when it came <laughs> to the Denver Broncos and Russell Wilson because it just did not look like it was going the way that they expected all of this to go. Have you ever wondered what it would be like if the like 2019 to 2021 Seahawks played themselves? <laughs> That's kind of what we watched tonight, isn't it? That's like, kind of I... what we watched. We had multiple goal line fumbles. Yep. We had just an, a catastrophic end game situation. Oof. We've got people thinking they're way cooler than they are. <laughs> Bars. Bars. <laughs> I love I love the Geno Smith quote, but it, it is the awfully hot coffee pot of the NFL's <laughs> 2022 season thus far. Uh, but <laughs> it's just so good. But I, I think like the biggest thing to come from this was sort of this return of Russell Wilson, the NFL and its random scheduling apparatus that you know continued yeah. the, you know that got the storyline that it wanted at the beginning of the season. And I think honestly, the NFL got exactly what it needed out of this, which was Russell Wilson losing in Seattle in a way. I mean, you get the big scathing story that comes out about the very public breakup on the day of this game. And then you get this sort of dramatic last second loss uh, by the the Denver Broncos who went out there. And I mean, we'll, we'll discuss the Broncos here in a little bit, but I mean, they went out there and gave everything to get this guy to Seattle. And I mean, to get this guy to Denver. And then they open up the season with a huge loss against that very same Seattle Seahawks offense. And we've uh, uh, Seattle Seahawks team. And, and we saw this with Baker Mayfield too. Baker Mayfield unable to, mm-hmm. you know, trounce his former team. Like it, it's a huge story going into this, like Russell Wilson not being able to get it done in Seattle, but this time wearing a different jersey. Yeah. It was Seattle's day, which is why if you're watching on YouTube, you and I have Seahawks colors in the background here. Um, Got to, you know, pay them their due. Yep. But this 
feels a lot more like a day about the Broncos than it does a day about the Seahawks. Just mm-hmm. because like, I don't know what the Seahawks proved. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if they proved as much about themselves as the Broncos disproved about themselves and the Seahawks were just beneficiaries, if that makes sense. Yeah, but I, I think you still learned a little something about the, the Seattle Seahawks here. I mean, you know, <laughs> you know, you're you're through the first week of the uh of the 2022 NFL season and the NFC West is the Seahawks one and oh and the rest 0 and one. Uh so there's already like some upsetting going on within the NFC West that's going to keep it entertaining and I think that you look at that Seattle Seahawks defense and what rookies like Tariq Woolen and you know uh, uh Kobe Bryant as well as you know young guys like uh like like Michael Jackson which is so weird to say but you know young guys like Michael Jackson out there on the field making the plays that they made starting on the outside you lose Jamal Adams early on in this game to what's being called a severe quad injury and you still come out there and dominate in the trenches and you have two rookies starting on the outside at left tackle and right tackle for some since 2009 that that's happened for an NFL team with Charles Cross and Abraham Lucas and you put together an offense to say but to move up and down the field I don't think you know we kind of talked about it beforehand yeah they, they performed well and you and I talked about it you know before we we you know hit the hit the red light here but Geno Smith didn't necessarily outplay Russell Wilson but he was the more efficient of the two quarterbacks like if you squint real hard, you can make an argument that he did, mm-hmm. and you probably would be right. But you could, <laughs> but you could like that. You can do that. Is telling that mm-hmm. Seattle welcomes Russell Wilson back to their building, and he like m- wasn't a hundred percent the best quarterback on the field. <laughs> yeah, and right. Geno Smith wasn't like, not the best. You know what I mean? Like. I don't know. That is not the revenge game that like this was supposed to be the day where the Seahawks go with their tail between their legs and go, ah, oh, we let him get away. Right. Oh, no, we're right. going to the depths of horror now. They're leading the NFC West. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody else yeah. in the division one. That's the thing. And then the so let me ask you this just just in terms of like the poetics of all of this. Is this more poetic? This, to me, is more poetic than the Seattle Seahawks winning with Drew Locke at quarterback. I know Drew Locke was a part of the trade. He comes over for Denver. But the fact that they trade Russell Wilson to Denver, they get Drew Locke, and they say, no, we're going to start this guy instead and then beat them with that guy. Like To me, that's even more poetic than actually beating them with their former starting quarterback. It's poetic, but it's like that kind of sad poetry that you have to sit inside for a couple hours. It's after William you Frost, read. is what it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of weather it's poems. It, yeah, it's a little dark and cloudy, like <laughs> kind of like Seattle. Look at us go. Right. Um, <laughs> See what we did there. But like both of these teams at points in this game treated their quarterbacks like backups. Yeah. You know the the game plan that Geno Smith brought into this game or that they brought in this game for Geno Smith was very short it was risk averse. It was just get the ball kind of dinking and dunking and moving down the field because there's a certain amount of ability that they just don't trust with Geno Smith. And Hey, it's what you're nine for him. Right. We kind of know why, but seeing the Broncos do the same thing. And I guess we'll dive into it in a bit here, but seeing the Broncos seem to have that same attitude at the end of the game of, well, we don't trust this offense to get five yards when we need it. Mm seems now I don't know if that's actually the decision calculus that went in, right? Like it's not, we just Russell Wilson. Therefore we're kicking the field. Maybe not we'll get into knowingly, it, but, I, but 
No, that's what happened, but it seems like they're my guess. I'll get into it, but my guess is that there's more to that. Um, and what happened that we'll probably Mm. will never get to know, but it's still like you trade two first round picks and sign this dude through 2028. Yeah. Over 200 mil. Right. Yeah. Over the life of that contract. I think it's, it's, you got to trust him in that big moment. Yeah. Monday night football, the revenge game you're at home or you're, yeah, Monday Night Football, the revenge game. You're in Seattle. This is a crazy win to have to go get, and you didn't get it. Yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of reasons why the Denver Broncos were not able to go and get this win. And it tells you a lot more than just the 0-1 you know, tick that they'll move on with as they move through uh, the beginning of the 2022 NFL season. We'll tell you more about what this means to the Denver Broncos and why it's one of our big yikes uh, from this week as we continue on with today's episode of Locked On NFL. Yes, one big ol' yike. But you know what else gets a big ol' yike? The uh, stat lines from this game. But if you went on <laughs> to prize picks and decided you were going to play a little bit of daily fantasy, you might have been able to win up to 10 times your money. This is how prize picks works. It's daily fantasy, but it's not constructing a whole fantasy team like your classic daily fantasy. I'm not a big fan of that game. I much prefer to have, you know, a few players that I feel really into. And I just want to say, are they going to give me a projection? And I want to say more than or less than, right? That is how prize picks works. Um, Just pick your few players more than more or less than their prize picks projection. And you can win up to 10 times your money download the prize picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports first-time users can receive a 100 instant deposit match up to 100 bucks with promo code locked on that means if you deposit 100 bucks prize picks will give you 100 bucks if you deposit 50 prize picks will give you 50 and don't forget to enter promo code locked on at sign up for that instant deposit match up to a hundred dollars also i want to talk to you about ag1 by athletic greens ag1 is a product it's like a vitamin supplement that you can just stir some into a glass of water every morning and it really helps your gut health you have no idea how much your gut health affects your like quality of life your energy level um just how you feel headaches stuff like like everything goes to gut health it's amazing like the science mm-hmm. of gut health is still kind of like new and cutting edge um ag1 by athletic greens was founded by a guy who had a ton of gut health issues and he was on this crazy vitamin and supplement regiment and it cost him over a hundred dollars a day so he created athletic greens to have a better way to get all that stuff and not have to take 10 million pills every day so to make it easy athletic greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune supporting vitamin d and free Five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NFL network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NFL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, everybody, we are continuing on with this episode of Locked on NFL. Remember, bringing you all of the biggest stories around the National Football League in less than 30 minutes here every single Monday through Friday. Biggest story today. Russell Wilson not being able to get it done and his big return to Seattle. But Luke, it wasn't all his fault, right? Like this wasn't fully on Russell Wilson's back at all. I don't think so. Um, No. And I I don't know. It's, it's tough because there's been 
a little bit of question in Seattle over the last few years of what throws he isn't isn't is or isn't willing to make mm-hmm. or worse capable of making, but I can't speculate on that. Right. And the same kind of things rear their ugly heads. I don't know. I need to see more Broncos tape before I can really like fully put that take together. But what you're getting at is the debacle at the end of the game. So here's the story. Catastrophic. If you missed it, there's about a minute left to go. Broncos have all three timeouts. They're trailing by one, and they're on the outside range of outside of field goal range, just the outskirts of it. It would be a 65-yard field goal. Um, and they there was a completion inbound, so the clock is running. The Broncos go into a no huddle, and things are going, or they're supposed to be in a no huddle, and things are going wrong. They start huddling up. That's not that weird of a thing to do when there's a minute left because you don't want to leave the Seahawks enough time to go back themselves. So you kind of, like when you're that close, you do want to kill a little clock, but they huddle up. Something is wrong. They get to the line. They take the play clock all the way down to zero. So there will be 20 seconds remaining. Something is wrong at the line of scrimmage and Russell Wilson calls a timeout so they don't even get the playoff. So they just wasted 40 seconds. Wasted. And then watched it on the way out. Like, sorry, it makes me angry. (laughs) It's fourth and five, by the way. Right. 65 yard field goal. Now this is, I guess, decision time because they send out the kicker to try the 65 yard field goal instead of the fourth and five. Now, I know not everybody's into the probability charts, but I'm going to go ahead and levy a guess that you make more fourth and fives than you do 65 yard field goals. hundred percent. Unless you're in mile high, which we were not in, right? This was a game in Seattle and Nathaniel Hackett might've genuinely forgot that. I'm just saying (laughs) (laughs) it's out, not outside the realm of possibility that Nathaniel Hackett forgot that the distances are different because you're not at home. Yeah, here you are kicking through the <laughs> evening air of the Pacific Northwest, trying to say, oh, yeah, we can make That's a 64-yard field goal. Like, come on. That would have been the second longest field goal in NFL history, just behind Justin Tucker's 66-yard field goal just a few or a handful or so of years ago. And somehow that was the better choice than the fourth and five. The other part that makes me, that like ticks me off here too, Luke, is like if, and and you have a great you have you have a lot of experience with this because of Mike Zimmer, but yeah, you know the headset cuts off. There's clearly uh, communication issues, things like that out on the field. As the head coach, why do you not call timeout when you're sitting on three at that time? This so this was part of I think why Zimmer got fired ultimately because I think this cost him games. But there were moments where there'd be confusion or Kirk Cousins wasn't managing the the clock right, which was a problem for him, Mm -hmm. especially last year, 2021, where the Vikings lost all those close games, if you remember that. Mm -hmm. Um, But there would be a lot of times where he would be coming down the field, trying to get a play in. People couldn't hear because you're on the road and it's loud. And it just wasn't coming down. And it looked like, oh, my God, they're going to take the entire huddle to get the entire play clock to get up to the line of scrimmage. You get the play clock gets to. 25, 20 seconds, and then the coach on the sidelines like, I got to nuke this and take a timeout when you don't didn't want to. And it's a really bad timeout, right? It's a huge critiquable moment. Total catastrophe. That would have been 20 seconds better than what the Broncos did. 100%. 100. And, that would have taken that catastrophe over this one anytime. And fourth and five on the cusp of field goal range, you got two timeouts in 25 seconds still. You can absolutely still go for it. But here's what I think happened. I think something went wrong in that, right? Either there was a a play call that didn't get in 
or the the no huddle didn't go the way it was supposed to and so mm -hmm. they had to huddle up or something there was some sort of miscommunication and it seems to me like on that sideline nathaniel hackett kind of panics yeah and that just spirals right like yeah I was going to sneeze and I was fighting it off. And then I was like, I'm not going to. And sneeze. then you did like Nathaniel Hackett and it didn't show up. What <laughs> <laughs> do you mean? Jerry Judy's hands. <laughs> oh, yikes. If, have you ever been too caught up in a moment and then done the thing that in hindsight is the dumbest thing you've ever heard of? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Who among us? I, right. Who among us? <laughs> I, I think that's what happened. You're in your yeah. first ever NF game. It's on prime time, under the lights. You're on the road, unbelievably hostile environment because there's this revenge game. That's a lot of right. pressure. And it kind of seems like something went wrong in the biggest moment and you cracked. And that's not a great thing. But first game, you go yeah. lick your wounds. This happens to every rookie player, right? Mm -hmm. Some rookie coaches won their games. I know a couple of teams whose rookie coaches won their games that you and I are pretty invested in. <laughs> um, but and, uh, maybe it happens. Sorry, Luke, but maybe that's one of the reasons why I'm so irked by this is because I've I watched rookie coaches over the course of the first week of this NFL season have this calm, cool demeanor, even in like the worst of circumstances in terms of what you imagine for your team. And we're then able to, with composure, lead that team into a better situation. Some wins, some not, but still able to like not be the reason that the team loses. I mean, like this is the kind of stuff that we were criticizing Brandon Staley for last year, except Brandon Staley at least had the cojones to like go for it on a fourth down and everything when the game was on the line. So like, it's a little bit different, but that might be one of the reasons why I'm so irked by this is because we spent the weekend sort of watching these young coaches have that composure, have that discipline. And then we see this from Nathaniel Hackett. And things went wrong too. At least I know in your, yours, in my case, like mm -hmm. Dennis Allen fell behind. Big time. You know, there were a ton of problems with the Vikings getting on and off the sideline and delay of games and stuff. Like, they had operational issues they had to work through in real time and get it. There were adjustments they had to make. Like, right. it's war out there. It's tough. But, yeah, that is crazy. I have a stat from um, John Boyce at Secret Base who is going off about this. Um, so, from 1994 onward, where we have data, field goals attempted from beyond the 45 yard line okay so 60 some field goals right mm -hmm. 62 so field goals of that length um there have been as many made as there were caught and returned for a touchdown <laughs> and both of those slivers of the pie oh. are real thin wow the bama fans are hurting right now just want to say that <laughs> good yikes uh <laughs> and conversely, the result of fourth down plays in which Russell Wilson had between three and seven yards to go and either ran with or threw the ball, there's 34 total plays, fourth and mediums. Converse about two-thirds of the time. Wow. Oops. Wow. Woof. All right. Well, that tells you pretty much what you need to know about this would game. Would you call that a yike? <laughs> I would call that a yike. I would call that one of the yikes uh, for the for this week one. Uh, as week one has wrapped up and as the Denver Broncos uh, put that on national television, we... 
<laughs> are ready to kind of move forward and see what the rest of the NFL uh, season uh, holds in store for us. But first, of course, Luke, we must overreact. So coming up next year in just a moment, we'll go through our major overreactions. We'll each pick one from week one going into the rest of the NFL season and our new weekly segment here on the show. We'll give you this week's big yike. We have a couple for you yep. that don't include the Denver Broncos. We got those coming up for you as we continue on with today's episode of Locked Out NFL. First things first, though. I hope you all made your money on this game. <laughs> because if not, then you just wasted a few hours of your life because this was a stinker. But at least it was entertaining at the end. Uh, if you would like to try to gamble a little bit on some sports, some of us have to lick our wounds and go to week two. Nathaniel Hackett my gambling portfolio, do that at betonline.net. BetOnline is your one-stop shop for all things sports betting and other betting as well. Uh, You can bet on any NFL game, all sorts of props. You can build custom player props and wacky parlays. You can build, uh, you can bet right in the middle of a game and do things like, I think this this game-winning drive will or won't work out. You could have bet on that right at the end. Um, You can bet on all sorts of things, not just the NFL, baseball, basketball, MMA, tennis, golf, you name it. So go to betonline.net and get yourself gambling right now. That is betonline.net where the game starts. All right, everybody, we are continuing on and wrapping up this episode of Locked on NFL. Thank you again for making us your first listen of the day every day here on the show as we bring you all the biggest stories in less than 30 minutes across the National Football League. Luke, week one is officially over. We're here now. It is time for one thing and one thing only. It's time to overreact. What is your biggest overreaction from week one of the NFL season? I'm going to be a homer about it. Vikings are winning the North. Yep. If you weren't going to say it, I was. I'm going to be honest with you. (laughs) Yeah. Here's the deal. So I I basically spent the whole day like pouring over tape of this game too. Um, Aaron Rodgers looked very discombobulated. He had a lot of reasons to be mad. Like there's a lot of people in Green Bay like being mad at him about his body language and like be professionals. Nope. Sorry. They deserved it. Aaron (laughs) did nothing wrong. They're... (laughs) They were a catastrophe. Guys were running the wrong routes. Guys were running into each other. Drops, all that stuff. Uh, get that man some help. They're in serious trouble. And the defense that was supposed to be so good, totally figured out. They were Their heads were spinning. Um, in particular, with, with getting keeping tabs on our receivers, Justin Jefferson and stuff. Luckily, they get a trip to Chicago where they don't have to deal with any NFL receivers. Mm-hmm. But the <laughs> the... Like they're, they're, that's going to come up again in the season, and they're going to have to get that problem figured out because the Vikings just put the answer to what was supposed to be a really good defense on tape, and they have to kind of go back to the drawing board. I think the Packers are in real trouble, and I think the Vikings are a lot more ready to compete than anybody thought. I sort of thought that it was going to take some time, and they, they're in midseason form. Oh. Uh, yeah, Vikings winning the North. Book it. I love it. And they're uh, the odds-on favorites now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was a big, uh, big jump from our friends over at Bet Online. Um, yep. You know, seeing the way that they were able to do that, and then you know, look to open up the se- yeah to open up the season toppling the Green Bay Packers, who were forever the favorites going into this one. Like that's just 
it's a heck of a way to get the, to get the season started. Peter Bukowski still like crying in his coffee uh, here at midnight uh, <laughs> Eastern time. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm helping. <laughs> <laughs> we love it. We love it. Um, yeah, I was like I said, I, if you weren't going to say it, man, I was because I, I liked what I saw with the Vikings and I. You know, there's a chance we have a new Triple Crown winner this year and Justin Jefferson. Like, just nothing stopping me from how exciting, uh, how exciting I found uh, the Minnesota Vikings uh, week one. And I think they can carry that over into week two uh, or, you know, throughout the rest of the season. Mine is with the Baltimore Ravens having a rush for only 63 yards, Luke. That means Lamar Jackson did it with his arm. Not a great weekend for the Lamar can't throw crowd. And remember, I mentioned that that opening game for uh, oh. yeah for Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens was one that was going to carry right. on those implications storyline that nobody was talking about. Well, he went off in that game against a weak New York Jets defense. But I don't think it was just because the New York Jets defense is weak. I think Lamar Jackson is just that good. And let's just all say right now. Congratulations to the 2022 NFL MVP, Lamar Jackson. I think he's going to be that good <laughs> this year. I don't really? care. Yeah, all right. I don't care it. it was against the Jets. I, I thought, if nothing well, else, if nothing else, the guy's throwing for 36, 37 touchdowns this year, like 40, like nearly 40 touchdowns this year. I think if you're going to win MVP, you got to win your division. And the Bengals lost one to the Steelers. That's going to help later. Mm-hmm. Um, Joe Burrow threw four okay. interceptions. Yikes. Or three interceptions. Turned the ball over four times. Not Speaking great. Of yikes. <laughs> Is it time? You walked right into it. I love it. It's time for a yike. Give me it's a yike. It's time for this a, a yike. Right. yike. All right. Here's my big yike for this week. We're going to do this every week. One Luke singular and I. yike. One singular yike. And please feel free to send us your big yike. From the the football weekend as Please. well, as YouTube well. comments or yes. Twitter, hundred percent. All right, I'll, I'll start off with my big yike, and and I'm keeping this one close to home as well. You are winning. Let's set the scene. You are winning by 16 points with less than 13 minutes left in a football game. Generally speaking, in fact, 242 times you win that game. Two times you lose that game, and one time you tie in those situations. Those are the odds. Oh, in terms of winning no. by more than 15 points in a fourth quarter. For the Atlanta Falcons, who are 5-3 and three in those circumstances, by the way, you, the one thing you can't do is lose that game. And the <laughs> one thing the Atlanta Falcons did was lose that game. And to that, my Only friend, I say, yike. Yikes. That only the Falcons. Yeah, it's man. just cosmic at this point. <laughs> there is a powerful force of nature beyond our human understanding at work. <laughs> it's a rough one. All right. It's a rough one. I too am going to roast a division rival of my mm. beloved Vikings. Uh I need we need to talk about Soldier Field. <laughs> we need to have a conversation a that was another underrated storyline trey lance justin fields how are these second year quarterbacks looking not great not great game we'll give them all a second chance Uh, fields kind of turned it on trey lance was Mm -hmm. kind of a disaster um we'll we'll bring it back later when the the ball is dry all right we'll give that a second chance it happens but um they resodded the field a week before the game and they repainted the field 
possibly 10 minutes before the game because the <laughs> rain washed the field lines away. And Rough. it made the whole game look like, I mean, it looked like old school. There's something kind of charming about like old school looking mud games. Yeah. But we also like live in a world where people flip out over index card lengths of Ugh. like measurement. Yeah. And yeah. we need some precision and some exactness here. Uh, get your paint right. Come yeah. on, field people at Soldier Field. Like, and, and if it weren't Soldier Field specifically, <laughs> that is just infamously cruddy. Right. And is just old and not in like the charming way that like Lambeau Field is and just kind of a stodgy way. Like, mm-hmm. I hope they get that new stadium soon. And I hope that they at least think about putting a retractable roof on it so that they don't have to deal with stuff like this again. Man, I'm looking... One big old yike from me. Yeah, that's a big yike. Big yike on Soldier Field. I'm looking at the, some of the photos. I was going to I was gonna bring one up here on YouTube, but there's not a good enough one. But, like, there's it, some yeah. photos out there of, like, them, like, sliding on the field oh, yeah. and just the water all over the place. Like, just a lot. A the, lot well, there's on. a photo of the paint running. And it looks like you asked an AI to generate a picture of Soldier Field. And didn't do a very good job. <laughs> It's so bad. <laughs> like one of those bots that went around yes. the internet this summer. It's so bad. Oh, uh, so good. Tomorrow, you all get Tony Wiggins and James Rapine talking about the story of the hour. I'm sure there'll be all kinds of great stuff. Maybe some of the uh, pettiness of Seattle. And maybe Lamar Jackson will demand a trade. We'll see what happens. <laughs> oh, and I'm uh, sure I'm sure James is going to have a lot to say about a uh, very good fourth quarter performance by Jameis Winston. That's that's I'm just gonna, <laughs> I'm just I'm sure I'm sure he'll come out and say, you know what? I was maybe I was a little wrong. Maybe I was a little wrong. I'm sure I'm sure he'll uh, fair enough. He'll bite the bullet a little bit. All is fair in love and war. <laughs> we'll see you all tomorrow for Ross Jackson. I am Luke Braun. Uh, you can catch the Locked On NFL podcast wherever you find all of your favorite shows, free and available on all podcast platforms, including YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.